Welcome to the Jordan Journey podcast. Each episode, we're going to take you with us on a journey talking with teachers in Jordan School District. We're excited to have you come along for the ride. Welcome to The Jordan Journey. I'm Jared Covilli. And I'm Kara Bettis. Kara, this month we're talking about learning designer. And this one kind of focuses in on how we meet the needs of our students. Mm -hmm. Do you have a good story about one way that you met some student needs back in your classroom? I mean, that's the focus of like any type of lesson that I try to plan, right? Because you're, it's interesting, you're, you're planning for the whole group, but at the same time you want to make those individual accommodations so that it it appeals to every learner and that every learner is capable of being successful. That's pretty powerful stuff there, Kara. Yeah. You know, when we first were talking about learning designer, it made me think of fashion design, and naturally I think of you. <laughs> it did not make you think of fashion design. That's what I brought up. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yes, learning designer does make me think of, like, designer, like, handbags or designer, like, couture fashion. Um, so, you know, would the kids say, like, it's Gucci, right? Yeah, the kids say it's Gucci, and around our family, it's Ross. So <laughs> we don't shop at those high-end stores. Well, I don't either, but the, the concept is still the same, right? It's like you're trying to appeal to this thing that's very personalized, very customized, and it's something that like not everyone else gets. That's yeah. what makes it designer. You'd say it's couture. It's couture, yes. Yeah. Well, we're excited to be able to talk about this concept today with Carolyn Goff. She's the new administrator in the teaching and learning department in the Jordan School District. Welcome, Carolyn. Thank you. Happy to be here. Um, maybe some of our audience doesn't know all of your background. Could you just share with us a little bit about your journey to where you're at today? Sure. Uh, I started teaching at Provo High School uh, back in the day, and I taught uh, Provo and then Jordan School District, and then I became an administrator. I was uh, vice principal at Bingham for several years, and then came into teaching and learning, and I was over um, English language arts and all of uh, world languages, including dual language immersion. Wow. Went out to be a principal of South Hills Middle School for a time, then over to Riverton High School, and then back here to the director of curriculum, where we call it the administrator of teaching and learning. Now, I know as you've gone on these different stops, you've had several different mascots that you've had as part of your background. <laughs> And when you came to teaching and learning, mascots were a very big deal. Tell us what, what a mascot represents to you. Well, I just think most of the time when we talk about uh, branding of schools, I mean, I've been a very um, affiliated with different school brands in, in general and mascots, colors. And I think branding does an important thing. It unifies. Yeah. And so when we originally started talking about not necessarily even just mascots, but logos and branding and what represents teaching and learning, it's a metaphor around which we try to unify our efforts to say we're interconnected, uh, we're together, and, you know, this is what we're all about. So for those of the audience that doesn't know what our, our new logo or branding is, could you describe what we settled on? Yeah, so uh, with your help and all of the department, the digital uh, teaching and, and learning areas, we worked out some mountains. We have some mountains that help us to give a place, so it helps us to understand, like, we are part of Jordan School District and, and that we 
are close to the mountains. We have a river that represents the Jordan River. So that helps us with placement of where we are and helps to identify us. And then also with some stars and uh, in the sky, as and one in particular that is like a guiding star, if you will, that uh, hopefully stands out as leaders and that helps us to you know direct our course. And I think that's uh, symbolic, that's metaphoric for what we do as a department. Yeah, I think that's been a big, a big unifying factor, like you said, mm-hmm. to kind of everybody be on the same page as all trying to be part of that past of Jordan and leading it to the future. Yeah, agreed. And it, it brings to my mind, like you've talked about, it's, it represents something that's very physical, but it also has this like metaphorical sense to it, um, which as an English teacher heart. I love that. Um, But then it also kind of lends itself really nicely into our topic for today of being a learning designer, because when we personalize learning for our students, we consider like the place that learning takes place. We consider the the pacing and the content and like all that is kind of encapsulated in the metaphor of the mountains, the guiding light, the river that like gives us the context, but also the content of what we're learning. Love it. Um, so as, as you're coming into this like new position, um, what do you think, not what do you think, but what are your goals as the leader of the teaching and learning department? Yeah, it's a good question. And I think there's lots of levels of goals that I have. Uh, I can think about logistics that have I've come to understand are needed in our department, things like having a better system of clarity and accountability among ourselves, and that specifically has to do with budgets and grants. I mean, we take in a lot of money. I don't think people realize how much money comes through teaching and learning to do a lot of the things that we do with students. And so having everybody really understand how that money comes and how to budget it, I think is a, it was a really important first step. But I'm a big picture person. And so when you start thinking about what would you like to see happen uh, holistically and in general over time, my head it goes to something like a framework, like the gel framework, being able to utilize the gel framework as an anchor or as a hook um, so that everybody has a place to understand why we're doing the professional development we're doing. That also brings up a big question about strategic planning and being able to um, have a strategic plan. That's a district goal, but I'm part of that. And so a a strategic plan for our district and being able to know why we do what we do is important. I would hope that we could get to a place someday where every department, every, I'm not just teaching and learning, but any place in the district that offered professional development, we'd be able to say, the reason we're doing this is because it ties back to this goal and to this particular standard, maybe say from the gel framework 2.1, that we're that clear on why this is needed and what it looks like and how we're gonna go about it. And having that kind of design unity uh, so that we are operating on, if you develop a professional development, if you put one together, we're clear about the goals, the expectations, the objectives, and why we're doing it in the first place. That would be an overarching goal for me as well. I think that ties in so well with a lot of the things that we try and do in the technology side of things, because so much of the time you, you kind of get drawn in by um, the tools, right? And a lot of people don't think that there's a lot of design behind it to have unifying strategies of what you're trying to accomplish. And so that's something that's really helpful for us is to always put thinking about 
not what tools are we going to use, but what's our goal? What are we trying to accomplish with the learning? And how can the technology help us to get there? Um, I, the first time I encountered, uh, kind of worked with you, Carolyn, you were a principal at Riverton, and we were coming in to do a principal's training where we were working with technology, kind of for leadership. Maybe share with us just a little bit about your vision or how you've used technology as an educational leader and why that's been important to you. Yeah, well, technology obviously has changed a great deal since I've been teaching. I mean, I had the overhead projector and, mm -hmm. and you know, some of those fancy tools back then. And it's just, I mean, leaps and bounds, right? And so technology has changed the way we do education. And what, what dismays me to some degree is when educators take new technology and substitute it for something like a pencil paper in front of them. And so as I've seen examples of people taking Chromebooks and, you know, utilizing it in the same way they would a handout, I'm like, wow, that is just not a, an effective use of what technology can do. The other issue that concerns me a great deal is that we have for years have been in the, the, the market or the process of just giving information. We are, we're sharing, we're the dis disseminators of information. And now with the technology, students can figure out stuff on their phones quicker than it is that it takes a teacher to explain it. And so I think our practices in terms of using technology need yeah. to change. And that was one of my goals as a principal to say, help me to understand better how to model the use of technology for our mm -hmm. faculty and our staff to get to a place where we're not just replicating paper and pencil with a Chromebook, but we're using it to, to go beyond, to go to the critical thinking, to do project-based yeah. learning, task-based learning, things that require students to really think, and that we've had, we have access to resources we've never had before. And I think I get concerned when, you know, teachers are allowing technology to teach for them. Yeah. There just will never be a time when we don't need teachers, but we need them to be thinking in higher and, and um, more complex ways of using technology that really deepen the understanding of kids, not substitute for what they were doing before. Yeah. Wow. Do you know one thing that I was going to say a couple of years ago, I, I heard a speech, I think it was a TED Talk or something like that, and they were talking about how the first wave of the Internet was all about finding information. And that was kind of a 1.0 level of, you know, using the internet. But eventually over time, we started to realize that the internet was not just about finding content, but it was about creating content and connecting with other people. And they really stressed that idea is like, that's our role as educators, is not necessarily just to find content. Kids can do that. It's about helping them understand how the web brings people together and helps you create and kind of collaborate in that bigger space more than you could do in your classroom, right? More than you could do just, you know, and like you said, pencil and paper. You really can use that those concepts to change the way kids see information and what they do with it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the things that we talked about earlier when we were, we were discussing, like, who we wanted to be on the episode to talk about designing learning for our students was um, – this concept of like what students should be learning throughout their time in, in Jordan School District. And um, I know, Carolyn, that you have been working on that like overall vision like you talked about. So why don't you share with us like that big picture? Like what should a student learn by the time they leave the Jordan School District? I think there's lots of opinions on this. So <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I hesitate to say specifically, but I do think in terms of 
once again, we are subject to core standards. We have core standards that govern how and what we teach. And I think that those are, are useful and important and valid. I Once again, I just want to place them in their proper context and understanding that um, we need core to guide what we do. I also want to know what parts of the core extend beyond graduation. What parts of learning the core and the information go um, and become skills that are useful for life? So our lifelong skills. Uh, there's we know we have to spend time working on on core subject areas, but I get a little concerned about, the rote memorization or the, t the, the you know, highlighting of certain tasks or things that are in the core, as opposed to letting those things be a lever to a lifelong process of critical thinking, of mm -hmm. communication, of creativity, of problem solving. Those things are going to extend into jobs and college and just life skills in general. So whatever core I think we are trying to learn, we have to be looking at the skills, the dispositions, the the knowledge that extend past the core to what is really going to be of value to students once they're no longer in school. I don't think there's one of us who can go back and say, oh yeah, I remembered what I learned in geography in ninth yeah. grade specifically. Mm. But we remember relationships, we remember ideas, and we remember um, you know, projects that we worked on and the collaboration that we went through or the time element that we spent on. And so in connection with core uh, concepts, we need to be thinking in, in those terms of what, what extends beyond the here and now. And uh, that's where I think sometimes we get bogged down in what we have to do uh, to meet this obligation on this test. And that is a little bit of a worry. How do we get past that to a bigger skill that's going to, um, it's going to last, last a lifetime. Uh, so whatever we do, we just need to be think, thinking in terms of relationships, projects, skills, dispositions, attitudes that we can encompass our core. I mean, one thing I love to say to have said to teachers before is, what if you were in your career, if you were actually thinking about your content as a person, a professional in your career, what would you be doing today? What would you be doing today in your career if you weren't just teaching it, if you were living it and doing it every day? What does that look like mm -hmm. in the classroom? Yeah. How do you extend that learning to what you're actually doing with your core? Mm -hmm. Because that's the reality of what kids should be learning. That's why CTE classes are so popular mm -hmm. is because they're hands-on. They have everything to do with um, life and real-life experiences. How do we make that true of the academic core? Mm -hmm. Um, and how we're actually, you know, extending students' learning behind or beyond, you know, what's just written in a text. Yeah. And I love how that, like, all ties back to the intentionality of it, right? That the learning isn't something that just happens to us or that's given to us, that is disseminated to us from an all-knowing, like, sage on the stage, but that teachers are designers, and they intentionally plan for this big picture of, where they see their students, you know, 5, 10, you know, 15 years down the line, and that their content is more than just what can be Googled or what can be read in a book, um, that it's it's who they are as a person and not just what they learn as a student. 
Yeah, totally. I, I just can't emphasize enough the fact that the path of least resistance for most educators is just to disseminate information. Right. And it's it's just, uh, I think we're missing the mark if that's what we're all about. Uh, you know, I think we need to think beyond that. What are the skills that students will take away? And how do I create environments that allow for discovery, that allow for this type of learning yeah. to take place? How do I use technology in ways that are real, that yeah. are actually going to be used in, in other uh you know, this, this information is going to transfer to other experiences past this classroom. Well, it's like you were saying, I mean, do we think of teaching as describing a content or helping people absorb it, like mm -hmm. become part of it? Right. I, I, I loved one thing as you were describing this. I know some of the people out there might not know this, this concept of portrait of a graduate, right? But that's some of the vernacular that we kind of use when we're describing the, what we want our students to become. And I love that concept of portrait. Because I think this is one of the things we're talking about here is it's not called a description of a graduate, right? But it's mm -hmm. called a portrait because that gives a vision or it gives a place for something to go and to see. Mm -hmm. Like it's more than just a list of skills, mm -hmm. right? It's what you see this person becoming. Yeah, that's a great way to think of it. I love that. That's a great description. Perfect time now to go to a commercial break. In Jordan School District, we like to support students in and outside the classroom, along with their families. That's where the Jordan Family Education Center comes in, offering support services and a wide variety of classes for students and their families free of charge. You can take a class called Blues Busters for children feeling sad or worried. Just Breathe is a class that helps students reduce stress. Or how about a class that supports parents in helping their children make and keep good friends. There are also support groups and free counseling, all provided by Jordan School District school psychologists and counselors. To find out how you can benefit from free family support services offered by the Jordan Family Education Center, call 801-565-7442 or visit guidance.jordandistrict.org. Hey, welcome back everybody from our lovely commercial break. Okay, so jumping back into our discussion, we mentioned this concept of portrait of a graduate, and we know that Utah has like released kind of Utah's portrait of a graduate from USBE. Um, Carolyn, why don't you talk to us about uh, what Jordan has been doing with their version of a portrait of a graduate? Well, we've just started to get involved with this. And as you mentioned, um, Utah has been one of the leading state offices to start with portrait of a graduate they're across the nation this is a it's a it's a pretty significant movement nationwide when i first heard of portrait of a graduate i just thought it was something utah was doing and that's not true at all uh, there are all kinds of districts out there that have already built this portrait or this model a lot of people call it a profile but i liked your term portrait for a, the kind of all-encompassing what yeah. is it that we want for our students by the time they exit our particular program and so it builds a portrait and so again our our state has really moved quickly on this i um 
I'm impressed with their work. They've come up with these competencies that they'd like students to have. Uh, theirs is a lot more broad. It has a lot of competencies, almost to the point where how can how can we get all of this done? But I think they had to do it that way for a whole state. Yeah, they got you a know, few extra they, bullet points. Yeah, they there. do. They <laughs> have they have 13, and and that seems to be a little bit more than what a district might try to take on. Uh, so we're in the, the beginning stage of this. We have a board of education who's very excited about what a portrait might look like. We could call it, you know, something like a, a journey, maybe Jordan journey, but something where we're talking about what a student, what skills, dispositions, knowledge do we want a student out of Jordan school district to have once they graduate. So the board has been very open to this idea. Um, one of the concerns that I have is I want to make sure that as we move forward, that this isn't one more thing that we're right. asking teachers to do. Instead, I think it would be a, a way of looking at our content, as we said before. How, if, if communication, for instance, is a skill that we want to help our students to, to grow, how do you use your, your content right now to, to help students better their communication with mm -hmm. each other? Mm -hmm. So that we're not asking teachers to say, here's a whole new set of standards mm -hmm. that we're going to ask you to um, also implement. We're, our, we're saying, use this as a lens through which to see your content. Mm -hmm. How in your current content would you help students with critical thinking? And, you know, some teachers might be like, that's easy, totally. Uh, and, that's, and that's helpful for them, but maybe we can look at it in new, fresh ways. The other thing that Portrait of a Graduate can do for teachers and for counselors and anybody else in a school is that it gives you a common language mm -hmm. around which yeah. to, to talk so that as you know, you may not have some interdisciplinary subjects that you can collaborate really easily on. This now says, how, what are you doing with this particular skill and how am I doing this? Mm -hmm. And how could we kind of combine on a, a bigger topic that allows us now to communicate mm -hmm. and to collaborate? Yes. And so, you know, where we may not have had something really in common that we could have in PLCs, now we do. Uh, we're going to talk about how we collectively are going to work on whatever skill it is that we come up with. And how do you do, how do you design? How do you get these competencies? You this is what the big question is we really want to involve our community. That's right. And our community is not just um, you know, inside our district, it's outside our district. You know, what are business leaders saying that are important to them? What are um, higher education? What are, uh, you know, local work and, and, you know, business owners and others saying that are, are significant competencies that they'd like their graduates to have? These are 21st century skills mm -hmm. that we really want students to have. What would a parent say? I, if, if I could determine what my student graduated with, here's what it would look like. What would a student say? What would you say would be a successful toolkit to walk away with school, you know, with to, to take you? And a lot of people say, I need to get a job. Okay, well, what, what about getting a job? What does that look like? What yeah. skills would you, attributes do you feel like are important to you? And in your particular field that you're thinking about, what do you think would be important? And, um, and so we will, it, what we're planning to do is to talk to our community, both internal community, teachers, students, uh, ESPs, uh, administrators, as well as outside external community to say, what do we value yeah. about these skills and how do we hope to accomplish these? And that's, I think, where we intend to go with Portrait of a Graduate and then to allow it to kind of deepen and enrich what we're already doing with content. You know, one thing, as you were talking, Carolyn, that stands out to me, it's kind of interesting. We started the conversation today 
talking a little bit about mascots and branding and some of that. And that's a way we unify, right? Mm-hmm. But now we're thinking about, can we all unify on the topic of what does a graduate from Jordan School right. District look like? Right. Wouldn't it be cool to think of this concept of everybody's wearing this logo shirt of I'm a graduate of Jordan School District, and it means something. Mm-hmm. Whether it's the community member mm-hmm. or it's the student who graduated from here or the parent who had kids that grew up through the district, that's a unifier and being able to be on the same page with each other. Well, and, and in fact, there will be at some point a, a logo or some type of, you know, a, a depiction yeah. of what that looks like that we hope that exactly that, whether somebody puts it on a T-shirt or yeah. not, at least it's an idea that helps us to understand this is what we believe. Yeah, and it brings us graduates. together as yeah, a group. exactly. Love it. Um, as we kind of move forward, let's talk just a little bit about maybe some of your background. Um as a principal and someone who's been in the district at various levels, talk to us just a little bit as you think about designing curriculum or designing learning experiences. How does an educator measure success in that? Like once they've kind of gone through the process, they've taught the lesson, they've executed the program, how do we measure success? For sure, it has to be in terms of student learning and student outcomes. Uh, You know, that's where the rubber hits the road, and we have to be able to say, what does this look like for our students? Um, You know, I I think a lot of people will go to a conference, they'll walk away and go, that's cool. But if it doesn't impact what they do in their classroom and how students are able to... Uh, to change, then it was nice information. Uh, What does it look like for students to walk away? And a lot of people have uh, the thought, and it's because we've said it a lot, that, you know, we have to see data to show us how students have been impacted. And that's Mm -hmm. true. Um, But I don't think you have to wait for some type of test or end-of-year test to see that. You would hope that that would transfer to those tests. But artifacts, examples, evidence, all of those things, I mean, you could see that in a performing arts class. You can see that in a foods class. You have to be able to see that a student can demonstrate something that you have taught. And if you don't see it, and a student didn't learn it, it's not that you didn't teach it, it's that they didn't get it. And so you have to rethink what does that look like? What is the example? And I think that's part of the instructional process is what do I hope to see yeah. from students? Mm-hmm. And if it's just test scores, well, okay, that's that's one way to see it. But are there other skills? Are there other dispositions that you also hope to see? And I think that's part of our design is what is it you're looking for? Mm-hmm. Um, how will you know that the students learned it? Um, what will that look like to you? See and, how that ties back into portrait of a graduate? Right, and that's what I was just going to say is that when we're thinking about backwards design as a classroom mm-hmm. teacher, like what is the end goal that you want to see? This portrait of a graduate is backwards designed for the whole education really process, right? Yeah. It's like at the end of the day, at the end of the educational mm-hmm. career, uh, what does that person yeah. look like? And and the well-roundedness, I think, is what we're trying to get at, right? It's not just this uh, bullet point list of they know X, Y, and Z content. It's like this lifelong learner that we're helping to mold, yeah. right? And let's be honest, it's a lot easier said than done. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, it's easy to talk about. What? It's a lot harder to do. <laughs> but I think is if we're just continually focused on the fact that there are so many different ways to measure change, but it has to be student-centered. It has to be. What does it look like? if it's student-centered, mm-hmm. but they can take a lot of forms. Oh, and that actually ties in really nicely with what we've been talking about. Going back to what you mentioned earlier, um, it provides a framework, a, a lens, a filter through which that like, and and a common language for everyone to talk about. What I love about Portrait of a Graduate as I've like dived deeper into it is that 
like you said, it's student-centered, but also students take ownership of their learning too, right? Mm -hmm. Once they get kind of this big picture look of like, who who do I see myself as once I graduate? Um, they can see this is where my strengths are. These are where my weaknesses are. This is what I need to do to become this person that I want to be. Um, and that is personal to them, right? It's that personal learning experience that they're able to take ownership of. Ownership of mm -hmm. Excuse me. <laughs> And that's so we'll <laughs> that's mind. so empowering, right, yeah. for a student to be like, I own this. This is who I am, and I'm proud of it. Kara, as we come to the end of our conversation, it's time for a Jordan Journey pit stop. Carolyn, do you have something that ties in with what we're what we've been talking about? Something you'd like to spotlight? Well, I, you know, there's so many things that are going well. I think that there are, they're great uh, um, successes happening throughout the district. I had an opportunity recently to go and talk to a lot of different teachers in schools, and I'm just so impressed with everything that teachers are doing. I have to give a shout out to all teachers, anybody who's listening to this podcast that is involved, especially with our K3 literacy launch. Oh my goodness. Nice job. <laughs> Uh, that's a lot. That's what, that was a heavy lift and you're doing it and you're doing an excellent job. And I've been impressed to see how teachers are using 95% group, how they're, you know, working with Hegarty and, uh, I, I'm new, I'm new to the, the K3 piece as a language arts teacher, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it was been a new thing for me to see how reading is actually taught. And I'm, I'm very, very impressed with the efforts and it's making a difference. We're seeing it. It's a good example of actually having student data yeah. of the fact that this learning is working. But I also have to give a real quick, you know, shout out if I can to, to also other people. I, I want to tip my hat to librarians and all the people who are working so hard behind the scenes on, on the books that we're trying to to uh, you know work on when our public has been a little concerned about that. They are doing a great job and and of course just all the different content, new social study standards and and all the things that are happening. I think that um, you know I just I couldn't I couldn't speak more highly of the way that uh, teachers are are implementing some of the new things that are coming their direction. So good job. As you're shouting out these different groups, it's amazing to kind of think about all the different areas that you're kind of involved with now with your new position. Yeah. Sometimes mm -hmm. you must feel like you're kind of like a plate spinner <laughs> just trying to keep all these things going. Yeah. The first day back, I probably talked about 30 different topics and I, I, I had two things on my list to get done. I didn't get those done, but I did <laughs> was able to talk about all these different topics and it is kind of amazing how many different things are going on, but good things. Yeah. Good things. Well, we appreciate you being a guest on our podcast this month. I'm so happy to do it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So, Jared, I loved this conversation that we yeah. had about um, designing learning, learning design. Um, just really fascinating because, right, like the conversation as it ebbed and flowed and, and what we ended up talking about right. is such a perfect example of personalized learning and, and crafting that experience for our students. Yeah. You know, one of the things that we try and do with the podcast is to have a series of questions that we prepare in advance so that we have a direction of where we're going. But we always want the conversation to be organic. And clearly today, that concept of what does a graduate look like? What mm -hmm. do we want someone who attends Jordan School District to look like? That's really the goal of our learning design, right? Mm -hmm. Is to figure out what does this person um, look like and what can they do and where are they going and mm -hmm. what are the goals that we have and I think that's the goal of the teaching and learning department and you can mm -hmm. tell that Carolyn that's one of her goals mm -hmm. and that and 
this this metaphor or this concept of having a framework to depend on and to to guide what we're doing right as a collective group I think is really uh, helpful to teachers to see you know at the end that what I'm doing isn't just like going out into the void that it's part of a larger uh, complex you know process and that I'm adding to this overall experience of my students love it well there you have it there's learning designer for the month of January hope you enjoyed it everyone Thanks, guys. Thanks for joining us on the Jordan Journey. Great stories from great teachers in Jordan School District. See you on the next trip.